Uh, sorry about that. I just had some technical difficulties with the app I'm recording on, which is one of the reasons why I'm going to look at getting a better setup so I can edit that kind of shit out. Um, but yeah, Disturbed Evolution, really good album, man. Like, um, it's um, like I said, not not going to be one of my not going to be my album of the year, but a good solid listen. It's good for the gym. There's a few really nice ballads on there. That you can just hear them really maturing in their sound and their songwriting, and um, it's cool to hear a band make their progression throughout the years like that and just to keep going steadily and then be to, to kind of be breaking into new ground and trying out new more more experimental sounds and things like that. Um, look, I'm going to wrap this up here now. Uh, this is this was episode. Number 18, Average Man Podcast, A Reason to Fight, which is the track, uh, the opening track played um, played for you by Disturbed. Uh, I want to take the time again to thank everybody who's given me their time um, and, and give people who give me feedback. And um, yeah, just, just stay involved. Keep Let's just keep moving this thing forward. Give me give me your feedback on the Facebook page, um, and yeah, everyone who's 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 listening, I really do appreciate your time, man. Hey, love you guys. Um, Average Man Podcast, episode eighteen, done and dusted. Peace out. Cheers. G'day, 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 how you going? Uh, welcome to episode number 18 of the Average Man Podcast, A Reason to Fight. <clears throat> um, it is Saturday, the 3rd of November, Saturday night, I'm at home, mixing things up, doing things a little bit differently this weekend. Um, it's, I, I went out to do my, to record the podcast earlier today, um, I had the kids all morning, I woke up at like 5am with the kids, hung out and and play with them and clean the house and then talk about the Taekwondo. Well, she took Shady out to Taekwondo and me and Heidi just hung out. And then went to the gym, chucked him in the gym, crashed for, for like 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Then went to the shops and I come back and I was going to drop him off and go do the podcast, but I just, um, I crashed, man. Like I was all, um, I was, I feeling a little bit crook and, and I was a bit spaced out. And like I went up to the, my, my little spot and started to start recording and I was just, my head, I was like a space cadet. My head was all over the place. So I kind of pulled the pin on it. And just got on with the rest of my day, and thought, um, I'll uh, I'll do, I'll mix it up and do it at home tonight. So that's where I am. I'm at home on the couch. Um, Em's my wife. She's kicking around somewhere in the background, um, and you hopefully won't won't hear her doing a thing in the background. But she knows I'm recording, so I just thought I'd mix it up and uh, make sure I got it in because I missed last week's podcast. Because you know, same kind of thing happened. Just I wasn't sick, but just um, ran out of time. Got too busy, had a bunch of things on last weekend, so 
Uh, I didn't want to miss this weekend's again. I didn't want to push it to Sunday, and I'll be thinking about it all night if I didn't just do it. So here I am at home, pumping it out and doing it a little bit differently this weekend. Um, I'll do my shout-outs straight off the bat. Uh, I'd like to do shout-out to Shafted Spearfishing, as always. They're a local spearfishing crew. Uh, the dudes have great Instagram page and Facebook page. You can go on there and look at their videos, photos, um, check out some of their Insta stories, get their merch through either of those two places as well. They've got YouTube videos you can check out also. Um, also, a shout-out to Samat Carpentry and Construction, who I started doing um, a shout-out for on the last episode. They hooked me up with the refrigerator panels for the um, dog's kennel I've built. Um, they're two mates of mine, Sam and, and Matt, um, who are just a really good quality local uh, carpentry and construction company. And um, I, I wasn't shouting out to them earlier, um, as I alluded to on the last podcast, just because I don't know how active they are on social media. But I thought, ah, fuck it. Um, they're good. They're a good, solid company, and um, they got my 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 vote, and I, and I vouch for them 100%. So I've done some work for these guys as well, and known them both for years. So if you need anybody, um, any for for any carpentry or construction jobs, get hold of some Matt, Sam, or Matt um, from that company, and they will be sure to look after you and do the right thing by you, man. Good quality work, and just people who um do what they say and say what they do, which is a hard thing to come by up here sometimes, unfortunately. Um, also, as always, shout out to Two Way Hire Services. They are a two way radio hire uh, company who also they also sell um, two way radios as well. They're a Perth based company, but also willing to service you for your personal belongings, for personal two way radios, or for your company needs up here in the Pilbara. So get hold of Ross on Instagram and Facebook at Two Way Hire Services. Uh, again, shout out to Captured by Carlos. I shout out to, to Carlos every week. Um, he's, he's an uh, Average Man podcast alumni. He's been on here for an interview and told us a little bit about what he does, what he gets up to. And he's a photographer, a local, local photographer, <coughs> who's just got a real passion for life, man, and he's got a real drive behind him. He, he's started getting his business started up and going, and um, he's really one to watch in the future, man. There's a few people around town who are doing some pretty cool things, and Carlos is definitely one of them, man. He likes to travel, takes really good photos, takes great photos of the Pilbara, and always tells a good story through his pictures as well. Um, I bumped him to him into him at the shops just today, this afternoon, and um, he's just got back from um, Adelaide. He was over there for a bit of a holiday, went did some skydiving, met up with some people, did a bit of networking. So um, you should get onto his Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram page and have a look at his shots. Man, he does just absolutely phenomenal photography. And this time of year, if you check out either his Instagram or Facebook page, you'll see that he's selling a bunch of prints just in time for Christmas. So um, you can go onto his page and choose a photo. I believe this is how it works. Go onto the page, choose a photo that you like, get hold of him. Um, he'll put it into print form for you. There's the, He's got a, a range of either one panel or three panel uh, prints. So you know how you can have the three panel prints where it's like this, the one picture there's, there's the, and there's three different sort of long form um, printouts of it. That 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 um, so you got the you hang them on the wall with a little gap in between them, but the three pictures make up the one photo. So he's got the, those two different types of setups going, and there's I think I believe there's three different sizes as well. I'm not sure if it's on a canvas. Um, I believe it, it it might be on a canvas. So but go onto his webpage there. Uh, he's sorry, his his Instagram or his Facebook, and have a look at those. Uh, he's got a little advert up there with all the different sizing and pricing. Um, uh, specifications on there so go check that out and um, 
yeah, he just uh, takes a, just does awesome photography, man. And like I said, he's got a real spice for life and a real good way of telling a story through his photographs. So get on there and check him out. And if you feel like getting somebody uh, a print done up for for Christmas, or you just want to get something done for your house, it's, it's a good time of year to, to get it done. He's he's got that um sort of special going on uh, through his his site, uh, Facebook site at the moment. So get on there and check it out, man. Uh, also like to shout out to PCC Productions, the audiovisual specialists up here in the Pilbara. Um, I've been speaking to Brad uh, from Brad Holder from PCC Productions um, on, on, over Messenger this last couple of weeks. And um, first of all, we're going to figure out a better setup for me to do this podcast from because I've had a couple of I've had a, uh, a couple of hiccups with the the, the um, app that I'm using to record uh, my podcast. I've lost some audio. I had a close call last uh, not last week, the week before, where I nearly lost all the audio. Um, I managed to, to go back in and sort of retrieve it the second time round and, and got that posted and put out. But I've had a couple, you know, it, was, it was a scare and I've lost some audio from there as well already. So I really don't want to keep that, that to keep happening. And I also want to be able to cut and splice segments and music and shit like that into the podcast a bit better and get a bit, a bit more of a pro, uh, professional and comprehensive sound going on. So uh, he's going to help me figure out a better set, out, set up to check that out and um, and you know something that I can I can work with nice and simple but yeah where I can have a bit more flexibility and just get a little bit more professionalism into the sound of what I'm doing um now Brad also tells me that uh Bradley Hall of the Bradley Hall band who released his album Back to Country a few weeks back as mentioned on the podcast he's doing his um album tour right now he was in Marble Bar on Thursday night he was at the Yacht Club on Friday night. He's at the Walkie tonight, Saturday night, and he'll be back at the Yachty again on Sunday Arvo, tomorrow Arvo. So, um, yeah, if you want to get in there, down there to the Yachty tomorrow night, check him out. Otherwise, you can you can find his album, Back to Country, on um, your Spotify, and, and it's on um, the iTunes uh, music as well. So, um, I also, Brad... Holder, Brad Holder of PCC might be hooking me up with Bradley Hall of the um, Bradley Hall band to, to have a bit of a yarn and a chat and catch up and, and, and get to know the man a little bit better and see what he's up to. So that's probably coming up in the near future. Watch this space. Um, and Brad from PCC also tells me that uh, they're looking for Christmas carols singers for the upcoming Christmas carols, obviously. Uh, so you can get hold of either me on Facebook or just get hold of Brad um, at PCC Productions directly via his, probably his Facebook or is probably the easiest way to get hold of him or Messenger through the Facebook. But yeah, they're looking for some singers for the Christmas carols app. So yeah, if you've got a voice on you and you love singing Christmas carols, get hold of Brad at P- on PCC Productions on uh, Facebook or Messenger there. Let him know they're looking for some people to fill those spots. So... Um, speaking of carols, excuse me, Saturday night, so I'm having a bit of a drink, along with the podcast tonight to, just to fuel me a little bit, um, but yeah, speaking of carols, that obviously means it's nearly Christmas, man, so we've just finished Halloween, you can bet your sweet ass that the shopping centres are going to start getting all their, um, Christmas decorations up, and they're going to be playing Christmas carols and shit whenever you go down to Woolies and Coles uh, in the near future. Um, this week, I'd say you're going to start seeing that shit around. And I guess, I'm not sure when, like, um, 
when the town decorations go up, I guess most people put things up on the 1st of December. BHP have their Christmas set up out the front on the grass there at Nelson Point. I guess that all starts happening around December. But you can, yeah, you can bet your sweet ass that uh, the shopping centre is going to be pushing that Christmas, um, all the all the Christmas merchandise uh, this week and all through November. I'm not sure when they'll start playing the carols, but yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot more of that shit going on now that um, Halloween's wrapped up and they've finished selling all the pumpkins and cheap, tacky, plastic fucking ghost and witch paraphernalia that they've just finished hocking to all of us. Um, and Halloween's a funny one too because, like, obviously I grew up in a um, Christian household. My dad was a Baptist minister and we never celebrated it or anything like that. You know, we didn't have the internet or anything when I was a kid either. So if something wasn't in your direct, you know, sphere... Um, you know, directly in front of you, then you kind of just didn't see it. You didn't really know much about it. Growing growing up in Carrara as a young kid in the eighties, um, and then to a sort of small, sort of sleepy beach town in, when we moved down to Perth in ninety two. Uh, we I just didn't really know a whole lot about Halloween. You see what you see on uh, movies and shit like that. Um, but yeah, didn't really know a whole lot about it and never celebrated it at all. And as I get a little bit older, I know that it's just something that the Yanks are really hard out for. We've got internet now and Instagram and Facebook, mostly Instagram and a lot of TV shows, different TV shows, um, all over Netflix. You just see Halloween everywhere. And I'm all about, man, whatever the kids get excited about, I'm, I'm all for it. So it's one of the reasons like... I'm a, I'm a big Christmas guy, like I really love Christmas, I get right into it, you know, um, I liked, I loved Christmas growing up, as all people did, and then you get to that middle sort of stage in life where you're, you're in your 20s, late 20s, pushing 30, and you kind of just don't get involved in that kind of thing anymore, you're too cool for it, you know, um, whatever man, Christmas, fuck yeah, I don't really give a fuck, yada yada yada. You just do it. It's good to catch up with family and all that kind of thing. You know, I still enjoy it, but wasn't really excited about the whole Christmas thing for a few years there. And then you have a kid. You have a little kid, man, and um, they get to a certain age where they start noticing what Christmas is and getting excited about the lights and the decorations and Santa Claus and elves and presents and Christmas carols and all the shit. And it all starts coming back to you. It starts popping off again. You get and you get that 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 same thrill and that vibe that you got when you were a kid, man. Like. It's exciting. I, my my daughter's still a little bit young. She'll probably start understanding about it this year. So she'll, she'll probably retain this year's memories and then have a bit of a reference point for next year. I remember what that happened with my son at about this age, when he was her age. And he's full. I mean, he's just full-blown. Like That happened to him two years ago, so he's full-blown into Christmas now. He's talking about it already. He's excited. He he's uh, talking about Santa, and you know this year he's going to remember more and understand more of the concepts around it. You know it's all superficial at the moment. I'm not teaching him about the the traditional religious story just yet. I'm, it's just about it's an exciting holiday, man, and something, and it gets me excited and buzzed about it too, and my wife. And yeah, just I love it, man. I'm I'm a Christmas guy, so I'm also a Halloween guy now. Like whatever, man. If the kids get excited about it, it's something for them to look forward to and get involved in. I'm all for it, man. And um. He went out, the boy went out trick-or-treating with um, my wife, Em's on, I think it must have been the Thursday night, Wednesday Wednesday night maybe, whatever the 31st was. And um, apparently there's a spot over in Pretty Pool there, that, you know, there's a bunch of streets there that get really into it, 
Uh, they had all the decorations out the front. There was like a photo booth with some props and shit like that. Heaps of people were, um, had their houses set up and had all the lollies and everything. And he went around and got dressed up as a vampire and cruised around and did the whole circuit and got a bunch of lollies and his little pumpkin bag. And just that, just had a ball, man. He was so cute. Like, apparently he was being really polite, just taking one or two lollies from each bowl of lollies that he saw. He didn't eat any, any lollies or candy, as he calls it, because he watches too much YouTube. But boy, is Australian... <laughs> You know, we're Australian as they come. My boy calls calls lollies candy because he watches fucking YouTube too much. But he didn't eat any of his lollies while he was out. He waited till he came home and asked if he could have two lollies before he went to bed. And we've just been sort of doling them out to him one or two at a time when he does when he's a good boy over the last few days. It was just so cute to see him all done up and excited and and, and getting amongst it. You know what I mean? And it was cool that that Headland has um has a bit of a scene for that now. You know, like they never kind of. Uh, Again, maybe I just didn't realise this before I had kids, uh, before I had kids of this age, but I, I wasn't sure, I wasn't aware of them really getting involved in the Christmas spirit or the Halloween spirit and all these kind of things, but they definitely did for Halloween, and, and I hear from sources that uh, Christmas sort of has a bit of a vibe around town these days too, with some lights and, and decorations and all that kind of shit, so that's just cool, man, especially when you've got kids. I'm glad that that's happening in town, and, and then he can um, be a part of that, and like my daughter too as well, like, but obviously she's still a little bit young to really know what's going on, she'll just be forming those memories this year and, and hopefully get excited for it next year. Um, and on the Halloween thing, we also did the fun run last weekend. I got stitched up with that one, man. So my wife's telling me uh, there's this fun run down at the um, starting at the Civic Centre going along the coast last uh, Saturday night. And um, yeah, we just had to um, get dressed up, and we go down there and you do some sort of run slash walk or whatever, and there's all um, neon lights and all this kind of shit, which is all I knew about. I really knew very, very little about what was going on. And she tells me we've got to dress up. I said, okay, you sure everybody's dressing up? Yeah, yeah, everyone's dressing up. So I was like, okay, yeah, no worries, we'll get, we'll get dressed up. Then the whole family, all four of us got dressed up as zombies. We went all out, we had the face makeup on, and, you know, we had the, the ripped T-shirts with bloodstains all over them, you know, and, and just, we all, all looked the part, man. We went down there, got down to the Civic Centre. Crickets. Fucking crickets. There's no one dressed up. There's people there in, like, white shirts and things like that with their glow sticks that they'll glow under the neon lights, but no one's dressed up. I felt so rare. I mean, I don't really care what people think, but it was kind of more embarrassing because we were with a couple of our, our neighbours and they weren't dressed up, and they're like, oh, you guys are really dressed up. And I'm like, yeah, apparently everyone's dressing up when we get down there. Get down there, just no one's dressed up, man. And it's like, fuck, I was more embarrassed because I was there with my neighbours and I actually know them. But as we went through the evening and went along the walk and um, started bumping into more and more people, we saw some people were kind of dressed up for the occasion. It was just that first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes we got there, we didn't see anybody else in in dress, fancy dress. So I felt like a bit of a douche for for half an hour or so there. But end of the day, who gives a fuck, really? But we had, um, we had a ball, went down and did that again. Kids, um, kids had a ball. Uh, all, all people from around the town came out and um, got involved in it, and it's just cool to see people getting involved in these local things and just um, having a crack at making things fun and exciting and getting kids involved and families involved and shit like that. So if you've got to make a bit of a dick out of yourself every now and then to have a good time and have a laugh, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm not uh, I'm not too cool for school in that regard. So that was last weekend and then and Halloween during the week, uh, which was cool. Um, yeah, and as I was saying, Carol's soon. You um, you'll be seeing the Christmas decorations and shit up in the in the shopping centre soon because it's I think well for us it's six weeks until we drive 
out of town. We're driving out on like the 19th, um, something like that. Drive down to Perth, try and do it in one hit. Um, to drive through the night and then rock up there during the day sometime on the 20th. And then um, we'll spend a few days in Perth, get a bit of shopping done, and again go see some of the lights and shit like that with the kids. And then we'll drive down to Dwelling Up for a, like for a family holiday. So my side of the family, we've booked this um, a house down in Dwelling Up, and there's going to be like 11 of us, I think, 11 of us all squeezing into this one house, which could be fantastic or could be a complete disaster or could be somewhere in the middle. But um, like I said to my wife earlier today, it's like it's going to be one, like one of those old... Um, Christmas movies you watch from like the late 80s, early 90s, you know, like a whole family all the way on a Christmas holiday and I'm sure all sorts of uh, crazy, fucked up experiences are going to um, are going to occur and going to be had by all. So the kids are going to love it. The kids are all sleeping in a bunk bedroom, so four of them are all going to be sleeping in the bunk bedroom together. A bunch of us all squeezing in the house on a really beautiful property. Uh, down in Dwelling Up, so I'm I'm looking forward to that, man. That should be fun either, however it goes, whether it's crazy and hectic and everyone's stepping on each other's toes and all on the way, or if it's all laid back and cruisy and everything just works smoothly. I'm I'm sure, however it goes down, it's gonna be gonna be a bit of fun. We're gonna garner some new memories from the experience anyway. So I'm looking forward to that one uh, for Christmas, and then after we do the the Dwelling Up family retreat thing over Christmas. So we just didn't want to be down in Perth for, for, for Chrissy, so that was why we did it over the actual Christmas period. Should be pretty cool. Get down to this holiday home and set it up for a few days with the Christmas um, cheer, the Christmas spirit. I'm sure we'll get a tree set up and shit like that. And then once Chrissy's done, um, we jet out of there on the 27th and we'll head straight down to Margaret River, uh, Witch Cliff actually, just south of Margs, to go see our good friends and ex-Headland alumni, um, Rosie and Rafe. So they got two kids, similar age to ours, a couple of boys, and they got like a, um, I think they got a couple of thousand square metre block down there in Witchcliffe with a beautiful house on it, backing onto um, heritage uh, forest land. So it's just a beautiful spot down in Witchcliffe, man. We'll go down there and see those dudes we haven't seen for like a year or two, maybe two years, something like that. We'll go down and see them, hang out, have a drink, have a smoke, talk some shit and just um, kick on the, the Christmas vibes for, vibes for a little bit longer. So looking forward to that, man. Really looking forward to getting down and seeing they, those guys. We haven't seen them for a while, as I mentioned. Um, and that'll just kick on the that Christmas holiday and break for a little bit longer. So that's enough about Christmas and the Christmas break that's coming up. It's still six weeks away yet, so we're still living in reality and still living on headland time. And in the last few weeks i've been struggling struggling a little bit for some new tv content we finished a bunch of really good shows over the last month or two we finished um taboo which was um written and i think written directed and starting by tom hardy which is an awesome show set in a lot the 1800s in england um that was really good that finished um maybe a month ago we finished second series of the ozarks about around about the same time uh, what else were we watching? We had a few other little shows we, that we were watching that all sort of wrapped up, and we've been trying to find something different. Um, checking out a few different shows on on Netflix. Uh, we 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 started watching Making a Murderer number season two, which is pretty damn pretty damn interesting, man. I I got to say, season one was probably far more interesting just because of the whole. Oh, the injustice of the whole thing is so fresh and rare and, your, and raw in your mind the first time you watch it around when you, you, you discover that I'm not going to 
throw any spoilers out, by the way, but you discover the whole story uh, of what's going on with that um, in that little town with old mate. What's it, what's it, what's the dude's name? Uh, Stephen Avery. Stephen Avery. So, well, basically, he's a little bit. If you haven't watched Making a Murder, I'll give you a little bit of a, a a teaser of to what's going on without spoiling the whole thing. There's this. They're in this little backwater town in Wisconsin. Um, in the States, and uh, this dude, Stephen Avery, he's about 18 or 19 years old, and gets accused of uh, rape. Accused, charged, accused and charged, um, and prosecuted on these charges of rape, and goes inside and does like 18 years in prison, and he sort of maintains his innocence the whole time, and then appeals the case after, you know, 18 years, when I think when DNA uh, testing starts becoming more and more prevalent in uh, uh, court cases. And he... So he refutes it and, and fights the charge against him. And they go back to court, bring up DNA evidence, and the lady, I think they even bring back the lady who, who originally charged him with the rape charge, and she kind of says she wasn't quite... She really didn't know who it was. Um, she was pressured into saying it was him. And the DNA evidence they find proves that it wasn't him and they I think I'm not sure if they find the actual guy who did do the rape but this guy Stephen Avery is 100% acquitted of this charge without doubt well beyond doubt 100% did not do it and he just spent 18 years of his life in prison for this rape he gets let out uh, and then goes you know he starts living his life and then finds out that he can probably sue the sheriff's department in the area because they wrongly accused him and falsified evidence against him and um, just as he's going through this whole uh, this whole scenario of, of uh, suing the sheriff's department for like $32 million or something like that, um, and there's another murder takes place in town and he gets accused of it and goes inside for prison, uh, goes, goes inside, and then um, the whole show basically is based around the corruption that goes into to how they... Uh, you know the evidence that they get against this guy, the confessions they get off his like nephew. A lot of the evidence has has been um, tampered with, and just all sorts of dodgy shit starts going on. And and the deeper and deeper you get into the story, uh, the more and more apparent it becomes that you know it seems like he's been framed for this murder. And that's what the first season is all about. Most people have probably seen it. And then season two is out now, which is, I mean, he's still in prison. And it's just going further and further into the details and stuff about the nephew who was coerced into giving uh, evidence, uh, like a falsified confession and all this kind of thing. So that's really interesting. A little bit slower than the first one, but still really good, man. Uh, really interesting to see how that keeps progressing and just the kind of shit that can happen in like the, in the justice system, man. It's kind of horrific. So to to have your innocence just like your freedom taken away from you like that. So <sighs> scary stuff, but that's pretty cool. Making a murder is good. We started. We've been watching the, another show, Tyrant, which is about some dude who's uh fled the um. I can't remember the name of the country they, they call it, but it's somewhere in the Middle East. He's fled there as a young adult, sort of uh, somewhere between 16, 18 years old, fled there to, and he's, his father is the president of this country. So they're like royalty, basically, over in this country in the Middle East. He flees there, goes over to America, starts a family, becomes a, you know, gets a doctor, he's an orthopedic doctor. 
um, and then goes back to visit his uh, family for uh, his nephew's wedding, and he gets roped back into all this turmoil and political manoeuvring and all the bullshit that goes on, and um, sort of a whole bunch of crazy shit starts happening, and he kind of gets roped right back into all the family business, and that's what that show is about, and it's it's kind of a good concept, and there's some interesting episodes and, and and plot lines and all that kind of shit, but I'm just not 100% sold on it, man. So I'll keep watching it. I've invested enough time into it now that I've got to finish it off, but I'm definitely not raving about it. There's, there's kind of not many um, there's not many likable characters. You know, you, you really need like characters who you're, you're invested in. So when I watched something like uh, Sons of Anarchy, I was really into that. You get really invested in the characters. Breaking Bad, you get really invested in the two main characters in, in that show. Something like uh, the Ozarks, you know, you're, you're so invested in this family and you care about what's happening with them and, and um, you know, you really root for them. And then you get a show like this Tyrant where the story's good, the plot lines are good. Um, it's just... The backdrop's not very exciting. It's very sort of um, it's it's all most of it's set in the the palace, and it's just kind of one nondescript room followed by another. Not a whole lot of countryside sort of panning out shots that give you a really feel for the area where where you're at and things like that. And the and there's no real characters that I'm I'm drawn to. So that's always a struggle when you don't really care about the characters at all. You care about the story, but not the characters. So struggling a little bit for a good TV show. At the moment, however, I have found some good stand-up that I like lately. So, uh, if anybody, if you like me at all, and you grew up on uh, Adam Sandler, you'd be pretty excited to when you found out that he is dropping a um, a new Netflix special, which I only heard off one of the podcasts that I listened to. Brendan Shaw dropped it on the um, on his Below the Belt podcast a couple of weeks ago. He said that Adam Sandler's dropping a new special. Sometime that week that I heard it, that I heard the um, podcast, and then um, it was a couple of days later, the special dropped, it's called 100% Fresh, so um, I got straight down there and, and, and checked it out uh, on the, whatever it was, Thursday night, I think, and for me, I grew up with Adam Sandler, man, and I just loved this um, this special, I thought it was really, um, it was really different, so Adam Sandler hasn't done a uh, comedy special in over two decades, so he, this is, he he sort of came up on the Saturday Night Live scene and used to do a lot of stand-up comedy back in the like early nineties and shit like that. But he he was like um, he does silly songs and kind of more skit type humor rather than just sort of spoken word um, um, monologue kind of um, stand-up, so he's not like a Bill Burr or a Joe Rogan or, you know, like a, um, a Louis C.K. or Jim Jeffries or those type of comedies who just stand there and, and just take you on a ride through their, like a stream of consciousness, you know, they, they, they get you thinking the way they think and they just tell you, uh, it's just, just a, a continuous monologue of the way they think, and they get you on a on a journey, on a ride for them, and and, and tackle different issues, and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's that's the the way stand up comedy is generally right now, and that and the and a good stand up comic will get you thinking the way they think, and then just take you on a journey with them, and and take you into deep water, and say things you can't believe they said, and then they'll take you another direction, and and they do, you know, uh, it's. I love stand-up comedy, and I really love that style. I love what they do. But um, what Adam Sandler's done is a really unique 
a really unique approach on it. So, um, I'm not generally a fan of the the comedic songs, um, bar a couple of exceptions. Say, I'm a big fan of Tenacious D. Like the movie Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny. I like their songs. Like they got some some really good silly songs. I'm I'm, I'm a massive fan of Flight of the Concords, the New Zealand Cats. Uh, they did only I think a couple of seasons, so that's like t- uh, it was a TV show. Um, two struggling musicians, New Zealand mu- musicians trying to make it in New York with their New Zealand manager, and the show goes about its way. And then for every major event during the show, there's a song. And these guys are just comedic geniuses and the songs and the pauses and the, and the humour and the awkwardness and everything about it. It's just bloody brilliant. Um, and I'm a massive fan of that. Um, they're actually good musicians too. They're quite good songs. But I'm, in general, I'm not a fan of the, the comedic songs. I was never a fan of like when Billy... Um, oh, what's his name? The Scottish lad. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly used to do his, his silly songs and things like that. And yeah, and I'm just I was, typically I'm not a fan of that kind of comedy. But this special man, it's it's a real unique approach, and I, and I really I really dig it. So there, um, I've got to say, granted, there's some um, just some nostalgic sort of value there for me because I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. But I think that. The amount of movies he's made and the, and the amount of time he's been kicking around for, it's fair enough if he puts out a special that only kind of speaks to people who are already predetermined Adam Sandler fans because he's got shitloads of them. He's put years, you know, decades and decades. He's put you know two or three decades worth of time into building up an audience and people who understand him and understand the way his mind works and just like him and like every you know who are looking to enjoy anything that he puts out. So it's it's fair enough for someone like him to write on that kind of background that he's, that framework that he's set up. Because you kind of, if you just came into it and you weren't an Adam Sandler fan, you it probably would be hard to watch. But for me, as a massive Adam Sandler fan, I thought it was brilliant, man. I, thought, I really thought it was genius the way he did it. Um, it's not, so most uh, comedians will film a special. They'll film two, anywhere from two to four different shows but they'll dress the same, they'll be in the same theatre and they'll just take the best parts out of each show and edit it all together so it looks like one continuous show where they've, you know, basically nail everything directly um, without any sort of blundering and you get the best reaction from the crowd and everything like that. And it just looks like one show, but really they do anywhere from two to four shows. What Adam Sandler's done is there's about maybe four or five different um, shows he's he's done throughout, like a bit of a tour that he's done leading up to this special being put out, but they they haven't tried to disguise it as one show. They're completely different venues. He's wearing different clothes. There's different lighting. The the stage is set up differently. So it's just uh, basically him being filmed doing parts of his set at different clubs around the country over a, some sort of timeline. And they've just stitched them all together, and it's his special. So sort of band-aid bandaged together in in that way and and it kind of it took me a little a minute to get used to it I was like this is weird they've just got you know random recordings from this place and that place and that place but it's not it doesn't feel random when you get into the rhythm of it it is a um a show that goes chronologically through it's just they've taken different recordings from different places 
And as I watched it, I watched it twice in the end. I watched it one time on Thursday night, then I watched it on the Friday night after I had uh, I smoked a bit of weed and watched it again, um, just to get the full effect of it. And what I noticed after I had a smoke and I watched it through was it seemed to me like um, as the show builds, it gets the songs get more intense, the stages get bigger. Um, it seemed like it's the show grows and progresses as it goes on. So he starts off on smaller stages, probably earlier on in the preparation for the for the for the um, special that he just recorded, where everything wasn't as polished as it was, and he was doing smaller shows. And then as he, the momentum starts building, as you're watching this thing, he starts doing bigger venues. The songs become more pro- like heavy on production, um, bigger crowds, obviously, and, and the whole thing just seems to pick up speed as you're going. So by the time you get to the end, he's doing these big songs with all this background like lighting, and, and he's got like a screen behind him that plays little sort of video clips as he's doing these songs and shit like that. And, and the whole thing just seemed to pick up speed and momentum as 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 the, as the show progressed, and it looks as if you're watching this show start from its infancy and and pick up speed. Have become more polished um, as as you go along, so it was ingenious in that way. And um, just as well in between, there's, there's not all just songs. There's a lot of just comedy in between as well, and it's got a real sort of casual, down to earth sort of vibe, like he does in his movies. You, you really feel like this guy hasn't lost touch with reality. Like there's a lot of the jokes just for the every man. He's a he's a married man with a couple of kids, you know, and, and a lot of the jokes sort of revolve around that kind of lifestyle as well so it was really cool uh for me i thought it was hilarious man i thought it was ingenious the way it was filmed and the way they patched it all together and didn't just copy what the industry standard is at the moment because i think um joe rogan put it best for for me where he says that um comedy is a funny thing because they just call it comedy they just call it stand-up comedy where there's so many different flavors and styles, and and in music you have different genres. You got blues, jazz, you got rock, you got metal, you got hip hop, you got you know R and B, you got, and then you've got subgenres of all those different genres. And you know that if you like R and B, you very possibly do not like heavy metal. Whereas in comedy, they just call it stand up comedy. Here's a stand up comedy, and you watch one comedian, you go, "This is dog shit. I hate this." And you go, oh, "I don't like stand up comedy," but there's so many different, the same nuances that that are there within music are there within stand-up comedy as well, um, but it's just it's all under the one banner. So this might not be someone's, someone else's flavour of comedy, and it may not be what the industry standard is right now, but it's I, I liked that it was unique, I liked that it was different, and like I said, I, I'm, um, I'm already hook, line, and sinker for Adam Sandler anyway, so for me this was bloody brilliant, and um, yeah... I like the I like the different spin that he that he put on it, man. Uh, the highlights for me were one of the songs "Phone Wallet like Keys," which is done over like a trap beat, so hip hop track, um, and that because his songs used to be real goofy, and he does a few of those just real goofy sort of songs where they're overtly bad, really terrible. They don't rhyme, the timing's out, and everything like that, and that's part of the the fun of them. But this um, "Phone Wallet like Keys" tr- song is actually done really well. Like it fits well, it rhymes. He's he's got the timing down, and it's more of a modern sort of take on it. So it kind of starts making his tracks a little bit more relevant and um, bringing them, breathing new life into him in 2018. So that was a good track. The UFC ears song was bloody hilarious. Partly because, uh, like I said earlier, I was teed off to this special by Brendan Schaub, who does the uh, Below the Belt podcast and Fighter and the Kid, 
who's an ex-UFC fighter and a massive um, Adam Sandler fan, and he said that this um, this Adam Sandler's um, special is coming out, and he's a fan from, he's the same age as me, he grew up in Adam Sandler too, and then Adam Sandler's put out this song, UFC Ears, talking about people with cauliflower ears, and Brendan Shaw has cauliflower ears, so I just couldn't help laughing when I was listening to that, thinking, oh man, old mate must be listening to this special, just feeling like, is he is he talking to me? <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny. Uh, and just a funny song as well on its own, um, uh, and the Chris Farley tribute. So Adam Sandler came up as I said earlier on Saturday Night Live doing the skits, and um, in like the early nineties. And one of his, um, you know, skit buddies and be- and one of his best friends was Chris Farley, who was a comedian that died of a drug overdose, like might have been late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and Adam Sandler took Chris Farley with him into a few of his um, movies as well as he started getting movie roles and they, he does this tribute song to Chris Farley with the, the screen in the background with a bunch of different like clips of, and, of of Farley like during movies and hanging out with the guys and he's got this song just a real tri- tribute to him and how crazy Chris Farley was and how he used to light up the room and, and um, just a really good tribute man like a bring tears to your eyes in the middle of a comedy special to, to have you know, be on the cusp of bloody having tears brought to your eyes over a, a, heart, a really heartfelt tribute um, was was kind of cool and refreshing. And again, just the ingenious of Adam Sandler, how he, he's kind of hit this thing on different levels. I was really, really down for that, man. Um, yeah, like I said, I watched this thing once on the Thursday night, had a smoke on the Friday night, watched it through again, and just uh, I highly recommend it. If you're an Adam Sandler fan, check it out. His new special, Adam Sandler, 100% Fresh. Uh, and in the way of stand-up comedy, there's another um, weird sort of outside the industry standard uh, comedy special I've been watching this week, which is called The Degenerates. And now it's six comics, all doing all doing a half-hour set, and it's like set up as like a as a season. So you watch the this season of the of the Degenerates, and there's six comics with a half-hour special. Each the, there's like Joey Diaz. B.J. Okerson, um, this little dwarf dude, Brad Williams, and yeah, and a bunch and three other people who I'm not really sure who they are, but some good comics on there. And I like the way it's just a different take on a stand-up comedy special instead of just one dude doing his hour. Yeah, they're doing it like a season, so I assume every few months they can put out another season, maybe once a year or whatever, with these six comics doing their half an hour. So they really come in hard, sharp, fast, and it's just you get a good half an hour out of each guy, and then, and then they. Um, they pop off and the next comedian comes on and it really keeps things moving along. Just a good, just a different spin on the comedy special, you know, like it's cool with Netflix now because back in the day, comedians would put out their special and and if you didn't catch it on TV for the two or three airings that it had, then you'd have to wait till it came out on VCR or DVD and then you have to buy it and then, you know, whereas nowadays um, they do these specials through a, a, a platform like Netflix, and they're just up there for forever. You can go check them out whenever the hell you want, watch them all the way through, pause it, stop it, come back, finish it later. It's really good, man. I love it. I love the whole digital um, streaming era that we're in right now. It makes co- uh, viewing content uh, a whole lot easier. Uh, yeah, so the, de- the Degenerates is another good one uh, to check out. Now, uh, as far as um, local events go, there was um, Sunrise were in town yesterday on Friday the 2nd, so I didn't know about this, I would have spoke about it on the podcast if I'd have known, but this is one of those things that um, 
I've mentioned before, like it's, I guess I don't listen to the commercial radio stations, which is uh, where I suppose a lot of these things get advertised, but it's it's so easy to miss things in this town. Like you hear about something when it's just happened or when it's just about to happen or when it's in the middle of happening. Oh, you hear such and such happening, you know, today. I'm like, oh, no, I had no idea. Um, and that seems to happen a lot. So I missed the whole fact that Sunrise were coming to, um, coming to town this weekend. But they came in, or well, this week, they came in yesterday and it was kind of weird. <laughs> to be honest, uh, like I think Sunrise is like airs at 7am or something, um, I guess, over east. So we've got like, what is there, a two or a three hour, must be a two hour time difference at the moment. And then they had to, well, all I know is people were getting out to the park at like 3am in the morning to get set up and ready for filming and all that kind of shit. So it's like... Early early hours in the morning, there's these people out there. They had the choir from Saint Cecilia's School there, and he had a chat to the mayor. There's this dude on the show named Sam Mack, who's um, apparently everyone was really excited that Sam Mack was coming to town. I've never heard of the dude before. He's um, good at his job. I mean, he's good at speaking really fast and enthusiastically and covering a broad range of topics and guiding the conversation. So I guess that's what his job is. He's good at that. Sam Mack. It's a weird name. He sounds like... It reminds me like the winner of a Australian Idol or The Voice or something like that. Sam Mack. I'm not sure why. Maybe you sound like that. the, the name of that dude who um, won The Voice earlier on this year. But I, I, I just took a few clips of that on um, online and they had the choir, like I said, the choir from St. Cecilia singing, spoke to one of the teachers from the St. Cecilia, spoke to the mayor of Port Hedland. Um, I don't know, the whole thing's... That sounds a little bit weird to me, to be honest. Sunrise cruising around, doing a road trip around Australia, um, doing uh, towns by the uh, alpha, like alphabetically ordered. So we were P. We won the P uh, letter, and they came to Port Hedland. I don't really know what to say about that. It was um, it was weird. But um, there you go. Sunrise came to Port Hedland. I know next week, down at Dampier, there's uh, Brewing the Moo. I don't really know what that is. I guess it's another one of these little festivals that come to town. I'm not sure if there's music there or anything like that, but Brew in the Moo sounds like there's going to be some sort of, uh, um, like it obviously sounds like a beer kind of festival down there. So, yeah, Brew in the Moo in Dampier next weekend. I guess suppose you can find, the, find out the details of that online and check it out. Uh, I don't know much about that. I've just been tipped off from that one by um, David Eckhart from 94.1. So, yeah, Brewing the Moon in Dampier next weekend. Uh, what else is going on in local events? I guess cyclone season's on the uh, horizon for us. So um, I'm kind of not looking forward to cyclone season, man. This is going to be my first one we've done in, like, three years. And um, it's just a hassle having to tie everything down because we're leaving town for, like, three weeks. Um... I'm still on the hunt for a cat sitter, so uh, I'm not sure what's going to go on with that right now, but um, I guess I've got a bunch of pot plants and shit like that outside, man, and they, since I got rid of this, had to get rid of the sea container where I had all my shit stored, I've got all this loose shit sitting outside of my house, so I'm going to have to spend like a week or you know, a few afternoons leading up to the... To the um, exodus of um, Port Hedland to 
you know, you get shit stored at the yard and sea containers and stuff like that and get rid of all my little pot plants and just make sure I don't have any projectiles lying around. So if I do manage to get hold of a cat sitter, I don't have to worry about the friggin' yard turning into a, a, a projectile land, uh, you know, battlefield and just attacking the house. So that's, I'm not really looking forward to that. I'm hoping that we just get nothing. I'm hoping we just get no cyclones all year. When, I remember when I first moved up here, one of the things people used to talk about was cyclone parties. Yeah, it's awesome, you know, like we get everyone gets knocked off work and go around someone's house and get pissed and just ride the cyclone out. It sounded pretty cool when I heard about it. Then I went through one cyclone party and it was like, yeah, it's all right. And then went through, you know, another cyclone comes and it's like, they end up strapping everything down in the yard and you get prepped up for it, go home early from work. I don't get paid when I'm not at work, by the way. So you go home early from work and we strap everything up in the yard and, I'm inside and waiting for this cyclone to hit, and it just was just it just fizzled out, man. I think it was like Cyclone. Uh, what was his name? He started with R, not Randy. Cyclone. Uh, Roger, Cyclone, fucking someone. It, it it was lame. Nothing nothing happened. All that preparation work, all that missed time from, from work as well, trapped inside, you know, hours I could be doing something else in my life, and you get a little bit of wind outside and a spattering of rain, and, you know, four hours later it passes over and you can all go back outside, back outside again. Uh, I'm hoping we can just avoid cyclones altogether this year, but, you know, whatever. Wish in one hand, shit in the other, and tell me which one fills up first. That's what I always say. So we'll see what happens with that. Um... And yeah, that is a quote from Bad Santa. And I, as I said, I'm a big Christmas fan, man. I love my Santa movies. Uh, I watch Bad Santa every single year leading up to Christmas, pretty much. And I'm excited because this year will be the second year in a row I can watch Bad Santa 2. I was getting a little bit sick of Bad Santa after watching it for like 10 years in a row every Christmas. So Bad Santa 2 is out. And that's on the list now. So I'll, I'll watch that one this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited to start watching the like the kids' um, Christmas movies with my boy and my daughter as well. This you know this this year because he's never the kids never really been interested inter- interested in them up until now. But I reckon I can get Heidi will watch anything basically. But my boy's real picky. I reckon I, I can get him excited in watching some um, some Christmas movies this year. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go for the uh, the uh, creme de la creme. Yeah, I'm talking about Home Alone. Home Alone's got to be the best Christmas movie ever, ever made. I'm just throwing it out there. Challenge me. I'm challenge you to, to um, hit me up with a better one. If you think of a better Christmas movie, better than Home Alone, the original, the OG, uh, then hit me up on my Facebook page. I'll, cons- I'll consider it. I'm open to suggestions, but it's going to be a hard sell. Tell me if there's a better Christmas movie than Home Alone. Um, obviously, for adults, it's... um. Bad Santa. There's really no no argument there. So I'm looking forward to watching those stupid Christmas movies as well. Do I watch The Nightmare Before Christmas with him this year? I started watching this creepy movie with him, like a Halloween movie, um, Coraline, Coraline, on Netflix the other day with my boy. And um, Heidi wasn't interested. She got up and started walking, you know, cruised off and was doing her own thing. It was just me and the boy sitting down. And this movie was like... It wasn't violent, and it wasn't overly creepy, but it slowly, consistently got more and more creepy, and it got to one point where we're about three-quarters of the way through this film, and it was just getting more and more creepy. My boy, Shady's only four years old. 
I look over at him and he's just staring intently at the, at the screen. I look over and I go, is this getting a bit, a bit creepy for you, dude? He looks at me and goes, yeah, it's a bit scary, Dad. I'm like, all right, man, let's can it. We'll knock it on the head. I'm thinking, oh, I hope I didn't fuck him up, man. He's going to be in bed at night in nightmares and shit like that. Because there was no, like, one scene where I was like, okay, this is too much. I've got to turn it off. It was just consistently, slowly getting creepier and creepier. And I was like, this is creeping me out. And I'm a 35-year-old man. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be creeping my four-year-old boy out. So... Better late than never, I guess. I pulled the pin on that one and haven't heard anything else about it since. So maybe I dodged a bullet with that. But yeah, don't watch Coraline with your four-year-old kids. Um, that would make you a dickhead, I suppose. And uh, anyway, that's what I did. Don't don't be like me. Um, <clears throat> what else we got? Running. Uh, what are we sitting on? About fifty minutes now. All right. <clears throat> Wrap this bitch up. I hit up hit, hit up a bit of music chat before we um before I get out of here. Uh, this week's locker version was Amy Shark. My radio, my Makita Worksite radio, has shit itself a couple of weeks ago, and I'm yet to replace it. So I've been like, yeah, I've been listening to no music on site whatsoever unless somebody else puts a radio on in my vicinity, I generally have my radio on, but I do like to listen to podcasts and audio books at work as well, but I'm always kind of peripherally listening to the radio in the background, if I hear something I like, I take it off, if there's certain segments, like it's going to be like a version, I'll always make sure I've got the headphones out and the radio on, but because she shit herself, I've been missing all these um, like a versions live, and then coming home and, and checking them out on YouTube later on in the evening, it was Amy Shark this week, uh, did a, a did a version of her own Tell Them All I Said Hi, which is she's a like an Australian sort of um, singer songwriter, but does pop songs. Um, that was good, a good original she did, and then she covered Dean Lewis's um, All Right or It'll Be All Right, which was really good, like a real good heartfelt emotional cover. She's got a really good voice, man, and um, just uh, two two good um, like of versions this week. And last week was also. Um, Fremantle-based band uh, San Cisco. And they're kind of... Um, they started... They first hit the, the airwaves on Triple J when they were like 16 years old. The drummer, she sings and drums, and the lead um, guitarist sings and plays guitar, and they both write the music. Uh, they were like 16 years old when we first saw them, and I guess they're probably like 21, 22, something like that now. So that was interesting watching them. The like a version was good. The version was good. The original was good. But it was just really interesting watching him, and this dude's got like a full beard now, and he's like an awkward 22-year-old man sort of trying to find his new identity, um, which was, it was the way I view it anyway when I look at him. But that was um, that's kind of cool, and I, I've watched these kids, basically these kids grow up, man, and I've always liked their music and their songs as well. So uh, God bless you, San Francisco, little cuties, little fucking cutie pies growing into fucking people. Um, what else we got? Yeah, there was a Friday DJ set on yesterday, and I had to throw the headphones in and, and um, put a podcast on them and just drown them out because there was some English dude who did the Friday DJ set yesterday, and he, he thought he was Dizzy Rascal. He 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 thought he was Dizzy Rascal, and um, yeah, no, he wasn't. He he really wasn't. He wasn't an MC. He wasn't no good. He kept talking in the middle of his DJ set. Saying whatever his name is, yeah, yeah, in the house, yeah, Triple J, Triple J, yeah, bringing it, yeah, yeah, 
and and the way he was talking, like his microphone was set like on a horrible setting. He didn't have he didn't know how to fade his 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 um vocals into the background so they sounded like he was like part of the tune. It was like this his microphone was set on the wrong setting. It was too loud and it had this weird reverb sort of um, to it. So he was kind of just talking over the. If you've ever ever heard someone who can't sing like do a sound check on a microphone, is that weird sort of. Uh, tinny sound you get when you when the, uh, the the acoustics aren't right in an area and shit like that. that's what his microphone sounded like and he kept talking at the top of the of the DJ set and it was just oh, it was bloody shit man it was horrific I then like I said put the headphones in and just like, drown him out with with a podcast but I was like man this guy's on a national radio station right now just just dribbling shit so that was rough to listen to um, but yeah aside from that the locker version was good. And as far as albums, um, Disturbed brought out a new album last week or the week before um, called Evolution, and it's a good name for the album because it really is the evolution of Disturbed. So I've been into Disturbed since their very first album with like Stupefy and Down With The Sickness, and they were a real raw kind of uh, sound back then. Um, and it's one of those bands where... Listening to all their albums along throughout the years, I've listened to the repertoire grow. I've listened to his voice get better as he becomes just a a, a heavy metal singer into a real uh, real vocalist. Uh, they do some slow slow sort of ballads in this on this album, which I think they they kind of opened that door with the cover of Simon and Garfunkel's uh, "Sound of Silence." They did in the last album which was just absolutely beautiful, and they've kind of got that in their repertoire now, so they bust out a couple of slow, deep, dark ballads, and then there's some typical disturbed, high-energy, percussion-driven metal tracks with a bit of sort of electronica in the background and things like that, and it, it sounds like a traditional disturbed album. It's not going to be my album. 